Our sermon text this morning comes from the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 15, verses 21 through 28. Hear now the word of the Lord. Jesus left that place and went away to the district of Tyre and Sidon. Just then a Canaanite woman from that region came out and started shouting, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. But he did not answer her at all. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away, for she keeps shouting after us. He answered, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But she came and knelt before him, saying, Lord, help me. He answered, It is not fair to take the children's food and throw it to the dogs. She said, Yes, Lord. Yet even the dogs eat the crumbs that fall from their master's table. Then Jesus answered her, Woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. And her daughter was healed instantly. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Things had not been going very well for Jesus. He had been on a tour around the region of Galilee, preaching and teaching and performing many miraculous signs. Yet he was constantly being confronted by hostile religious authorities who opposed him and who constantly demanded to to see some kind of miraculous sign to prove who he was. Even when Jesus went to his own hometown of Nazareth, he received a cool reception at best as everyone took offense at him. And as a result, the text tells us that Jesus did not do many miracles there because of their lack of faith something we'll take a deeper look at next Sunday. Shortly after this, Jesus takes a little stroll on a stormy sea with his chief lieutenant, his top disciple, Peter the Rock, but he ends up having to rescue a sinking Peter and chastising him for his little faith. Jesus was then confronted once again by more religious leaders. This time it was the big boys from Jerusalem who came up to examine him, and they left angry and offended at his words. As I said, things were not going particularly well for Jesus. So Jesus decides to take the disciples and get out of town for a little while, probably for a little R&R. And so they head up north of Israel to the coastal cities of Tyre and Sidon. I mean, surely Jesus must have been exhausted and very frustrated. I mean, here he was, the Messiah of his people whom he had come to save, and yet mostly what he had received was misunderstanding and rejection and disbelief, even from his own followers. But you know, there's nothing like a little beach time to recharge the batteries and to get refocused on the mission even if it is in Gentile country. Well, while they were there, a Canaanite woman came to them, and she started shouting at him, 
saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is tormented by a demon. Actually, what the text really says is the, the woman was shrieking at them. And what mother would not shriek until her voice was gone if she thought it might save her child? But the text tells us that Jesus did not respond to her a single word. No, he just completely ignores this desperate mother who's come begging him for mercy. I mean, isn't Jesus supposed to be Mr. Mercy? Isn't mercy his middle name? Didn't we just finish singing, Christ have mercy upon us? Didn't he write the song, mercy, mercy me? Oh wait, no, that was Marvin Gaye, never mind. <laughs> but Jesus, he's supposed to be all about mercy. And yet all he offers this poor woman is merciless silence. But why is that? Is it because she's a Canaanite? That ancient enemy of Israel with whom God had forbidden the Israelites to interact and by whom they had frequently been drawn into disobedience and idolatry, sabotaging their God-given mission? And since Jesus had come to fulfill that mission, maybe he's just not taking any chances. Or maybe Jesus has compassion fatigue and he just doesn't have any fuel left in the tank for one more needy person who's come to suck the energy out of him. After all, the needs of this world often seem relentless and overwhelming as if they're constantly shouting at us. Or maybe, maybe Jesus just doesn't like being yelled at any more than the rest of us do. Regardless, when this woman comes to him begging for mercy, Jesus remains silent. You know what that's like, don't you? When God is silent. I mean, how often in our lives do we come to God begging for mercy, pleading with God to intervene, and you'd always seem to get our cricket. I mean, certainly we're not alone in this. I mean, even the psalmist wrote, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? I cry out by day, but you do not answer. Now, these are the, the wintry seasons of faith when our faith is really put to the test. And we have to face the question, will we still believe even if God does not give us what we are asking for? Will we still trust in the goodness of God, even if the good thing we are seeking is not granted? These are not easy questions. They lead us to an even deeper question. Do we really worship God, or do we just worship His blessings? And what will we do when the blessing we seek does not appear. Well, this desperate mother remains persistent and she continues begging Jesus for mercy. 
And so now the disciples start begging Jesus to get rid of her because her shrieking is driving them all nuts. And so Jesus finally responds saying, I was sent only to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. But to whom is he speaking? To the disciples? To the woman? To himself? Is Jesus just thinking out loud, trying to, 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 to stay clear about what his mission is? And after all, Israel, his own people, had, had given him anything but a, a warm reception. And it would certainly be tempting to go to some other people that might receive him with open arms. And yet, as the Messiah, Jesus had been sent to redeem Israel and to fulfill Israel's vocation on their behalf because they had been utterly, miserably unable to remain faithful to God or their mission. And yet, our faithful God had refused to forsake them. And so maybe Jesus, as the obedient son of the Father, is simply remaining ferociously faithful to God's covenant with Israel until his earthly ministry is finished. Because it was through that mission that all people might be saved, including Canaanites. Well, whatever it is, the woman remains persistent and undeterred. And she comes and kneels down at Jesus' feet and says, Lord, help me. Well, this time Jesus does finally respond directly to the woman, though not in the way any of us might expect. For he says, it is not fair to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs. Yikes. I mean, this is pretty offensive, isn't it? In referring to this woman and her daughter as dogs? I mean, yeah, I mean, dog was a, a common epithet that the Jews used to talk about Gentiles, but we certainly don't expect to hear that out of Jesus' mouth. I mean, it's so not PC. I mean, it's downright scandalous. Of course, the truth of the matter is, one way or another, there is always a scandal when it comes to Jesus. Now, for some, the offense is that Jesus is the only way to salvation, for no one comes to the Father except through him. For others, the, the scandal is that we have to surrender our whole lives to Jesus, giving up our desires to live our lives the way we choose and instead live faithfully according to Christ's commands. For some, the, the offense is that God chose to show up as an ancient Middle Eastern Jewish peasant rather than a modern Western liberal-minded intellectual like you and I. And for some... Scandal is that Jesus is an oxymoron, a crucified Savior 
who tells us that we have to take up our own crosses and die to ourselves if we truly want to live. Now be very sure, there is always a scandal to Jesus. Of course, the biblical commentaries have had a field day with this particular one, usually in an attempt to defend Jesus, as if the one who has conquered death needs our defending. You know, some have suggested that Jesus is just tired and worn out, and he's just being cranky. After all, he is human. Others have suggested that Jesus is trying to teach his disciples an ironic lesson here by saying out loud what many of them are actually thinking in order to expose their misunderstanding about his mission to be the savior of all people. Other scholars think the exact opposite that Jesus is struggling with his own understanding of his mission and the limits of his calling, which he had believed were restricted to Israel alone. Someone's even suggested that Jesus said these words with a wink and a smile so that the woman would know that he really didn't mean it. Someone has pointed out that the Greek word used here for dog is the diminutive form, which is used to describe little house dogs that the Gentiles often kept in their homes. And so it's not really as offensive and, and derogatory as it sounds. Yeah, I'm sure that's it. Some scholars have suggested that Jesus is just trying to test this woman's faith. But the real answer is... I don't know. <laughs> Jesus is often difficult for us to understand, and sometimes we end up with more questions than we do answers. And whenever you think it is you have figured Jesus out, be very sure that it is not Jesus you have figured out. But you know, maybe, maybe Jesus actually is is not being cryptic here at all. And, and in fact, he means exactly what he says. Maybe Jesus tells this woman that she and her daughter do not deserve his mercy because it's the truth. They don't deserve it. And neither do we. None of us come to Jesus in order to have an IOU completed on our behalf. And even though we often have great needs and come with very good requests, none of us ever deserves to be healed. No healing like salvation is always and only an undeserved gift of grace. And the truth is, Sometimes Jesus says no. We may not always understand why, at least not in this life, but sometimes he does. You know, and maybe, maybe in this particular case, Jesus is trying to test this woman's faith to see how deep it really runs. And after all, Jesus is not just some generic wonder worker for hire. 
Now, his healings were a part of his, his, his ministry as the Messiah of his people. They were visible signs of the inbreaking of God's kingdom in and through his life and his ministry. And a relationship of faith is necessary. Remember, he did not do many miracles in Nazareth because of their lack of faith. Does this woman even know what she's saying when she calls him Lord and son of David, a Jewish term for Messiah? Does she somehow understand and believe something about Jesus that his own people, even his own disciples, have somehow failed to grasp? Or has she just heard other Jewish people in her community using these words and she is simply saying them in order to manipulate Jesus into giving her what she wants using every means available to her to try to save her child, something any mother would do. Well, whatever it is, in response to Jesus' provocative words, the woman says, yes, Lord, yet even the dogs under the master's table eat the crumbs that fall to the ground. She takes Jesus' own words and turns them around, appealing to him for even the smallest drop of divine grace, which always runneth over. Perhaps reminding Jesus of those 12 baskets full of bread that remained after over 5,000 Israelites had eaten their fill. She doesn't try to argue with Jesus about the, the priority and central place of Israel in his mission or even about her own standing as a Gentile. She just comes to him in utter humility with no sense of entitlement, no talk about her rights. No, she accepts who he is, the Messiah of Israel, and who she is, a humble, undeserving supplicant at the master's table. But she believes that even a Canaanite woman like she is not beyond the grace of God. And Jesus, he seems almost stunned by this. And after all, he'd received mostly misunderstanding and rejection from his own people to whom he had been sent. And yet here in enemy territory, he's confronted by a tenacious faith in him that refuses to let go despite his response. I mean, that's what faith is in the end. Holding on to Jesus for dear life like a drowning person clinging to a raft. Believing that Jesus is still good and gracious even when his actions or his words do not appear to be. And trusting that even when we are going down on the storm and it is hard for us to hold on. That Jesus always holds on to us just as he did for Peter. And faith like that was simply irresistible to Jesus. And so he says to the woman, great is your faith. Let it be done for you as you wish. 
And in that very moment, her daughter was healed. Truth is, we often do not understand Jesus' actions when we are going through difficult periods in our lives. I mean, sometimes it seems as if he's ignoring us. Other times it seems like he's being rude or, or, or uncaring or callous, saying difficult things to us that we don't want to hear. Like, stop being a victim. Or, you need to forgive and let it go. Or, it's not about you. But if you remain patient and persistent, his grace and his mercy will carry us through to the other side. Now, to be sure, that doesn't mean we're always going to get what we want. After all, Little girls are not always healed. Some marriages did not make it despite great effort. Some cancers are not cured. But if we do not give up, we will receive the greatest, most undeserved gift of all. And that is the merciful Savior himself the bread of life from the master's table whose grace will always be sufficient. For no one who comes to him in faith and humility will ever be turned away. And you can be sure that with Jesus, there will always be enough mercy to go around. There is even enough for you.